welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. If you haven't been with us for the last couple of weeks, or maybe you have and you've been following this theme, a two-month theme that we do in the life of our church now every year, We have been having some unbelievable discussions and some unusual topics and some of them have been really challenging and others have been really refreshing in knowing what God's Word says around some of the things that we face in our world today or face in the church today and yet we don't often speak about them but we really need to pray about them and have God's Word spoken over us in these particular uh, topic. So if you've missed any of our series in Elephant in the Room, I would encourage you to jump onto Podbean and have a listen to some of our past messages. There's been some good ones in there. But I'm bringing something today that has been on my heart for a little while. And I've been preparing this. It comes out of a revelation that God really spoke to me about during the COVID season. When in 2020, we went into our first of nine lockdowns. I started to notice something in my world that had been sitting there unattended or I had just thought it was purely seasonal and yet God started to highlight it in my life because I believe he wanted to give me a revelation about something that we all face. There would be nobody in this room who, has, who is exempt from this particular thing that I'm going to chat about today. Prior to 2020, I thought it was very seasonal or situational. And yet, in 2020, we found ourselves all in the same position. We found ourselves in a position of isolation. And this continued right through in 2021 with series of lockdowns. And then for us as a location, we had seasons that we wouldn't gather together because of our original build. And then... If that wasn't all, in 2022, we had a flood that had us unable to gather here together again. And God has been taking me on a journey little bit by little bit in a brand new revelation that I'm really excited to bring this morning around a particular topic that according to studies is actually the pandemic that we've had even prior to COVID in our world, and that is loneliness. Prior to COVID, the top thing in our world that people identified that they had, that they suffered with, that they struggled under, was loneliness. A crazy thought because in our generation, we are more connected than what we've been in any generation And yet, we feel more alone than any other generation. We could blame technology, but that would not make us stronger. We could blame social media, but it would not make us stronger. And so I started to lean into what God was starting to speak to me and reveal to me in 2020. And I'd like to unpack today what God spoke to me about this particular topic. And so my first question to you this morning is, are you lonely? Do you feel lonely? 
When you reflect on your life, maybe it's a season you're going through now, would you say that the loneliness that you have felt is seasonal or situational? Maybe it's been because of moving away from people that have been familiar. Maybe people have moved away from you. Maybe because you've had recent changes like a job change or a marital status change or whatever it is, when you look at your life, your story, what does loneliness look like for you? I'd like to open up my message this morning with a journal entry I made five years ago about a conversation I had with my daughter who at the time was just six years old. And so I want to tell you a story of what happened and what I wrote back then. Is that okay if I open up with a story? My girl was unusually quiet as we drove home from school. No reports of lunchtime jokes or girlfriend giggles, playground amusements or classroom adventures. I knew there was a story tucked beneath her sagging shoulders, so I prayed I could hear what wasn't being said by my sullen six-year-old in the back seat of my car. My prayer was answered at bedtime. I felt sad at morning tea today, my youngest one whispered as I pulled the blankets up to her chin. What happened? I asked. I couldn't find my friends by the slide where we usually meet, and the monkey bars were busy and the swings were all full. Her lips quivered as her playtime woes spilled out between sniffles and sobs. So what did you do? I asked. I went and sat on the buddy bench she answered with a sigh. I pictured the wooden seat that was planted at the edge of the playground, the designated place for kids to go when they need a friend. Did anyone see you sitting there? No, my daughter replied as her pillowcase grew wet with tears. Everyone was busy playing with someone else, I guess. She exhaled a jagged breath and murmured, I felt so lonely. My stomach lurched with empathy and I thought about my own lonely seasons, the years we lived away from family in a big new city with no new friendships, following my husband like a groupie to gigs in awful smoke-filled bars, which left me often sitting alone and in uncomfortable conversations of no thanks, I'm with the band, when strangers would want to buy me a beer. The years we changed addresses like stability was going out of style for the sake of building or buying the next better place, or the years that I was at home with wailing babies, demanding toddlers, and precocious preschoolers. Of course, loneliness isn't the result of being isolated. Some of my loneliest times have been spent aching in the presence of the ones who love me most alone in difficult circumstances that others can't fully understand or fix. Loneliness doesn't just plague us when everyone steps out. It also strikes one when no one knows how to step in. Whether we're eight or 88, loneliness cuts deep. And as we prepare our hearts for this morning's message, I want to remind you right from the get-go that Jesus fully understands your loneliness. Abandoned by his friends and betrayed by the masses, 
His walk to the cross was paved with lavish love and unspeakable loneliness. Maybe that's why my eyes burned hot with tears when my daughter reminded me of a tender truth that I'm quick to forget. Loneliness can be more than a cut deep to our souls. It can be a shortcut to our saviour. What did you do on the bench all alone? I asked her after listening to her story. At first, I felt sad and I cried. Then I felt mad at my friends, she admitted. But after a while, I remembered I wasn't really alone. So instead of waiting for someone to come and talk to me, I just started to talk to Jesus. Oh, I knew that one was going to be hard to come out. (laughs) I nodded in the dark, my tears giving way to unexpected gratitude. My little girl had discovered the hidden gift of loneliness. It's often in our loneliest hours that we realise we're not really alone. Suddenly, the gap that no one can fill becomes a gift that no one can steal. Loneliness may feel like a dead end, but it can lead us to the one whose love never ends. And loneliness may make us feel unseen, but it can shift our gaze to the one who sees us. In 2 Timothy 4, the Apostle Paul writes his last letter from the depths of a desolate prison cell. As he awaits impending death, he tells his friends in a letter who have forsaken him, sorry, he tells of friends who have forsaken him and believers who have failed him. Now for context to this verse before I read it, the ones who had travelled and supported and loved Paul through his journey, his greatest supporters in context were from here to Chermside away. That's where they were while he was in prison. And yet no one had come to see him. In that time in the prisons, friends and family could visit them regularly. They could bring them food and clothing and provide for them. They could also stand and witness for character for him. And yet nobody, after all of the incredible ministry, after all the letters and all the books that have been written by him, nobody came. And he pens this in 2 Timothy 4.16. It says, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one was here to help me. Everybody had run away. Yet in the very next breath, he pens this tender truth in his letter. But the Lord stood with me. But the Lord stood with me. Each time I read those six simple words, I am awash with humble awe. Even when nobody sits beside us, the Lord stands with us. When everyone else is everywhere else, God is right where he promised he'd be. With us, beside us, within us, through the power and presence of Jesus. My daughter's eyes drooped in the dark and her quivering shoulders stilled. And I said, it sounds like you found a buddy on that bench after all. Yeah, she conceded. 
Jesus was there with me all along. I murmured in agreement and pulled her close for one last hug, and then I whispered with a wink, maybe tomorrow you should meet him on the monkey bars. I just got to laugh. When we lean into loneliness and allow it to do its redemptive work by embracing it, it can really be a powerful teacher. Henry Nohern wrote in his book, The Inner Voice of Love, we may find our loneliness not only tolerable, but perhaps fruitful in our life. This brings us to the pandemic of human loneliness in our world today. Clearly, loneliness is a result of a sin-fallen world. Adam and Eve were made for perfect harmony and community with God and each other. Sin brought alienation from both. When God asks Adam, where are you, in Genesis 3.9, what Adam sensed inside was a painful chasm, and his response to that was, God, where are you? Like him, we don't often know just how much we'll have till it's gone. Adam felt a painful surge of vertical emotional emptiness. Harmony with God was gone. And the Adam and Eve marital blame game began quickly revealing that horizontal harmony had also vanished. (laughs) Sin created loneliness. But we must realise today that it isn't in itself sin. In fact, loneliness can be a divine grace. Rightly understood, it can be both our friend and our guide for our life. Loneliness is part of the inner architecture of our image-bearing self. It acts like sensors in our car that tells us when something is empty or broken. We are made for God and for community with each other. In this fallen creation, no human relationship will satisfy that longing fully. Our ability to be satisfied in God fully is impossible here on earth as well. Because of our sin, our salvation is incomplete as we await glorified bodies and the fullness of joy in God's presence when we go to live in eternity. But until then, no matter our marital status, our circle of friendships, our closeness with our children or grandchildren, we will always be somehow lonely. My appeal as someone who has lived a time both single and married, without children and with plenty of them, with a healthy church community and dear friends is to see loneliness in this life as a gift from God. As hunger urges us to eat and thirst drives us to drink, loneliness presses us into a deeper and more authentic relationship with God and with others. It drives us out of the gravitational pull of self-living towards relational self-giving. Rather than resenting loneliness, it will bless us if we see it as a God-placed incentive for human flourishing. Loneliness can cause us to appreciate the beauty of others in a brand new way. Think back to when you have felt most lonely. 
My bet is that you longed for a connection with someone familiar and that you reflected on their best virtues that you craved for your life. In short, loneliness enlarged your heart to live and love. And so really quickly this morning, I want to just unpack two things that are gifts for us if we would lean into loneliness. First one is loneliness also opens up to it, opens us up to a deeper knowledge of God's love. Just as physical solitude helps us to hear God's voice, the inner solitude produced from loneliness can open us up to a deeper knowledge of God's love when we get alone with him. I have to be honest, there are times when I'm lonely that I fight my need to spend quiet time with Jesus. Does anybody else feel like this? I feel like I need it fulfilled with the next coffee date or the next dinner party or the next prayer meeting or the next church service, and yet I fight the, the quiet time spent with Jesus. Why? Because facing loneliness can feel threatening. It can feel like squaring off with a mean bully who presses me into a corner and makes me look at things about myself that I don't actually want to see. However, I've learned that when I embrace my loneliness and draw near to God, I don't fall into a pit of despair, but rather I find his comfort. I hear his voice. I feel his love and healing for my broken places. So what do we miss when we run from loneliness and refuse to invite God into it? Ironically, the pain we try to avoid by running can create an even greater inner chaos in our worlds. We need, we require, we thirst and we hunger for time alone with God when we are lonely. A friend of mine always has a really packed social calendar. To be honest, I'm often quite jealous of it. When she's not working, she's helping someone with a project, attending a function, watching a band, dining with friends and engaging in any number of other social activities. Certainly there is nothing wrong with all her hobbies and interests. And for this beautiful friend, she has most definitely developed the balance that I'm about to talk about. However, there is something wrong when we use busyness to hide from personal pain and loneliness. God calls us to live balanced lives in which we are not afraid of solitude or loneliness and neither are we afraid to be with others. And number two this morning, loneliness can help define and redefine who you were called to be and your calling. Prior to becoming a pastor, I was a stay-at-home mum. Many will have the same testimony. Before this season of my life, the season for me was a stay-at-home mum, where my days were spent cleaning the same spaces multiple times a day, cooking the same food every day at the same time for little ones who would just eat those specific things, changing nappies and cleaning up toilet training accidents. 
This was my season. My evenings were primarily spent alone while Gray continued to serve as he always had in our local church. Because my closest friends now lived an hour away and many were not in the same season of life as me, it was one of the loneliest seasons in my life. I wouldn't want to repeat that early motherhood season in my life, and yet I wouldn't take it back either. It was a time of tremendous personal growth, both spiritually and emotionally for me. It was necessary for God to mature me. My loneliness caused me to, uh, to question my purpose, my calling, and ask myself if the things that I was actually pouring myself into agreed with God's will for my life. I also found a new calling through my isolation. It was the first time I became serious about putting together events with excellence and extravagance, and when I began to write down what I was learning in my relationship with God. I spent many hours planning, creating, reading, studying, and writing, and the results are where I stand today. They were treasured memories that my children and family look back on with fondness, but also because of a fondness for God's word and writing it out, it opened up a gift on my life I never knew I would use in my future. I'm confident that these gifts in my life would never have been produced in me if, I would been, if I'd been running from one social function to the next in that season. I learned that when God strips away our close connections with people for a season, it's for a reason. We don't, we don't want to miss out or wish that season away. It can be his way of moving us into the calling he has for our lives. Certainly, you might not be a preacher or an event planner, but every calling can emerge from loneliness and isolation. When God has a greater opportunity to speak into our hearts about where we are going and where we have been, he will use it and speak to you when you are alone in that season. There are so many people in the Bible who experienced seasons of immense loneliness, but through it, God was revealed in their life. Through it, the call of God was revealed in their life. Through it, nations were saved. Through it, humanity was saved. Let me list just a couple. When Noah's story is spoken about, it opens up the chapter saying that no other man can be found who is serving and loving God in this way. When I think about Noah in his generation of wickedness, he would have looked like the weird one. He's the one that is not doing what everybody else is doing. And then to make matters worse, in his isolation of God-fearing, God asks him to do something absolutely audacious that does not make sense in his time. He asks him to make a giant boat in a land that had never seen rain, ever. 
It had never seen it. If you read your Bible, you'll discover he's building something absurd. So he would have been mocked and ridiculed and isolated all the more. And yet it was God's plan for saving humanity at that time. David, a shepherd boy, as a young man, is alone doing the responsibilities that his father had given him while he's being called and trained and equipped to be the king of Israel. Even when the prophet Samuel comes to anoint him, he is alone. And if you don't think that he's lonely in this, when Samuel comes and asks Jesse for his sons, he doesn't get called. All of the other brothers get called. I'm pretty sure you would feel left out. That places him on the buddy bench going, I don't know where everybody else is. Clearly they have things to do. And yet God was calling him to be equipped in this season. Even when he is being matured and defined as a king later in his life, he's called to a cave where he encounters God. And in this season, when he has got mighty men, God asks him to take less and less and less and less, not more and more and more men. How incredibly lonely David must have felt in that season. None stand out to me quite like Moses. This leader, one of the greatest leaders for all of those who take leadership journeys, you study at one time or another everything about Moses, for he does everything right and everything wrong. And yet God uses him. And yet his entire life is a story of loneliness as just a babe. He is sent alone in a basket on the Nile so to spare his life. So then he has raised a Jewish boy in an Egyptian house for his whole upbringing. The courts know he's a Jewish boy. He looks different than the Egyptians. They would also know that he'd been spared from what all of the others had. He stood apart. He was alone in his identity in the courts of Pharaoh. And then when he can't stand it anymore and he stands up for his nation when they are oppressed and he does the wrong thing and murders an Egyptian, where does he go? He doesn't go back to the courts of Pharaoh. He doesn't go back to a huge community of people who are for him. He doesn't go back to the banquet table. He runs to the desert alone, alone. And it's there that God encounters him in one of the most miraculous signs. No, he he gets to see a lot of miraculous signs. But in a miraculous sign, God reveals himself in a burning bush. Moses was not in a crowd at this time. He was alone. He was alone and he hears the voice of God and he's called into what, Mo, what God wants for his life. 
so that a whole nation can be saved, but it happened in a place alone. I just wonder, as I walk through some of these people in the Bible, if you're catching the revelation that I got, loneliness isn't just a gift that can be given to our life. It can be something that we completely miss. I've seen this in my life over the last three years. The seasons that came prior to the last three years, I saw as loneliness. And yet now I know they were a call to be alone with my God. And I'm wondering this morning if the season that you're in or the season you have endured that you have felt so lonely, the the line that you hear yourself repeat saying, I wish I just had that friend or I wish I was invited to that group or I wish I was, I wish I was. If I just had, could even be in your marriage or with your children, if our relationship was like this. And yet God is calling you in this season that feels like loneliness, saying, come, come and be alone with me. Come and be alone with me. This is the revelation I've had over the last three years that God's spoken to me about and I've seen after these seasons of loneliness what he stepped me into next I now can identify that these are, this is a platform. Loneliness is a platform that God has called me into because he needs me to come and be alone with him so that I will receive identity, so that I will receive a calling from him, so I will understand my purpose, so that I will hear his voice with clarity. This is done alone with God. It's why on Sundays when we list the things that will benefit your life while you follow Jesus, we say read his word so you hear his voice. We say speak to God. He speaks back to you. But do you know one of the key things that we often don't say is this here will encourage and edify you to go home and be alone with your God. This is where relationship with God is actually formed and forged. This is where your identity is formed and forged. This is where healing for your spirit, your mind, and your body is formed and forged. It's when you come and be alone with God. Don't miss it with the title of loneliness. Loneliness should be like the signal in the car that something is empty. A signal. It's a gift from God that there's a warning sign to come and be alone with him. Moses goes on from there and for 40 years he leads the Israelites in the desert. And continually God does something with him alone. The Israelites are his chosen people, people who know him, people who can repeat what their fathers have told about them. But to lead this group of people in the ways of God, God keeps calling Moses up the mountain to be alone with him. 
This is where even the laws were forged between Moses and God was up alone on the mountain. There is something, a gift to be found when you come to be alone. Abraham was called to leave his family to become the father of all nations. Jacob wrestled with God in the wilderness alone and was left marked and changed even by name by God. Joseph was alone in prison having his gift crafted and exercised and matured to be used in the courts when he on his release. Gideon was called while he hid alone from underneath the rock to lead God's army. Elijah cried out to God's saying, is there no other righteous men in the world? Elijah experienced loneliness. That's what his cry was. Is there no one else? No one else to stand with. No one else to pray with. Is there no one else? Naomi and Ruth stepped into their destiny and the heritage and the lineage of Jesus Christ from a place of widowhood. The Samaritan woman was alone when she was at the well and she met Jesus. Paul the apostle was imprisoned and shipwrecked multiple times in one of the most influential leadership journeys on the planet. And Jesus was abandoned by his disciples upon his arrest But if you read the Gospels, you know that in just three and a half years of ministry, he went away regularly for long periods of time to be alone with his father. This is where I got the revelation. If Jesus needed to be alone with the father, I really, really need to be alone with my father. Often in the Gospels, it comes out about Jesus' emotional state in different scenarios, times when he's ministering, times when he's tired. This is because, like you and I, he came to earth and became a man. So even though he is God, he is not exempt from loneliness. He was not exempt from tiredness. He was not exempt from the things that our physical bodies experience, even though he traveled with 12 men and huge crowds who followed all the time. Intention was needed in Jesus's own journey, three and a half years of ministry. Intention was required for him to take time aside. I think about this sort of stuff when I read my word all the time. What were the 12 doing when he was gone for 40 days? They'd left their homes. Some had left families. They'd left businesses. Are they just camping? But Jesus knew that his identity and his calling and what he'd been called to do required time alone with the Father. So I want to challenge us right now as the team comes. I want to challenge us this morning. Have you missed this season that has felt incredibly lonely? Maybe for you this morning, 
it's not just a season. Maybe your life has felt quite lonely. Maybe you've felt for so long you have walked alone. I hope this morning is a new and fresh revelation and encourages your spirit that maybe, just maybe, God has you positioned and purposed for something incredible and all he's doing is calling you by name to come, come, be alone with me. Come, come, be alone with me. See it as a gauge on the dashboard that's flashing red saying, you're empty. Something's not working right anymore. So come, come be alone with me. Can I ask right now that everybody is up on their feet and have your eyes shut? I know that the Holy Spirit wants to do something precious right now and is meant in this midst. Do you know if you came in here this morning and this word has really resonated in your spirit, maybe, maybe there has been a huge pain around loneliness walked in your life. Maybe because of it, there's even been shame. Shame for the friendships that have walked away, people who are you no longer affiliated with or you can't be. Maybe there is incredible pain in your current season for people are doing life so differently and there has been this ache a huge ache. Maybe it's simply because of your righteousness. Maybe because you've decided to follow the narrow path that is the path of Jesus Christ. That you're feeling the ache and the pain of loneliness because it was wild and free and wonderful or so it seemed when the road was wide, packed full of people who celebrated and partied and attached themselves to your world. It reminds me in this moment of the prodigal son. How wonderful it would have felt for the son for a moment to go to the city and it describes him full of friends, (laughs) full of friends. That when he went off to the city, to party with the money he'd been given by his father as an inheritance. He walked off with so much, he thought, but he walked away from the shelter and the love and the word of his father. And at the end of the story, when he's got no money left, his friends abandoned him. And so he decides to take the journey home to his father. Do you know, it's exactly the same as the message I've preached this morning. Because the father was standing there waiting for him, expectant that the son was coming home to be with him again. He wasn't surprised by the fact that he was home. He knew he needed time with him. He knew he he needed the cover. He knew he needed the authority that the Father placed in him. He knew he needed the blessing that that comes from only living in his Father's house. You and I are exactly the same. 
And so I'm going to ask right now, if this message has spoken to your spirit tonight or today, would you just lift your hands and surrender your loneliness to God right now as I pray? Father, right now, you see hearts opening up to you. You see spaces that have felt so raw, so painful, ached for companionship, maybe ached for a season that's different to their season, marked by pain or shame of walking away from relationships, maybe because of you, of righteousness, maybe because of the bad decisions we've made along the way, whatever it is, whatever has caused us to sit in places of loneliness, God, we surrender these spaces over to you this morning. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would be speaking into spirits where you're calling people to be alone with you. Help them identify that this is a call by name. Come and be alone with me. Come and be alone with me. Come and be alone with me. God, we answer your call this morning to come and be alone with you, to be awash with your love, to be overwhelmed by your presence, to be healed from the words, from the shame, from whatever it is we've walked in your presence, God. We make a commitment this morning at the hearing of this word to outwalk it in our lives, that we will step into beyond this service, time alone with you. We answer that call in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, if you're in the service while all eyes are shut, I wanna just ask the question really quickly. If you've come here today, maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say you feel lonely. That is most definitely one of the largest markers I recognized in my life when I did my life not walking with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But you know, incredible news, you don't have to walk alone anymore. God's Word says that He will never leave you and never forsake you. He will walk with you, stand with you for all of your days. In actual fact, He already has. But He wants you to be able to see where He was when you couldn't see Him. And so if there is anybody in our service who is in this particular category, you're like, I've not walked with Jesus, or maybe you've walked away, and you're not hearing him as clear anymore, but you're saying today, I'm going to walk closer with my God. I am going to lean into this loneliness and answer the call by name to come be alone with my God. If there's anybody in this service who's saying, yes, yes, I need to walk in relationship with Jesus this morning, would you just lift your hand? I'll see it. And I'm gonna come after the services and I'm gonna pray for you. Is there anybody right now that says, yes, that's me. I need to, I see that hand. That's an incredible decision this morning. That's an amazing decision. Is there anyone else as I look across right now and anyone says, I need to walk with Jesus. I know He walks with me, but I need to walk with Jesus. Is there anybody else? Just as I quickly look across, amazing. 
Do you know, for the beautiful woman who made this decision this morning, it's one of the greatest decisions you'll ever make. And God wants to say to you this morning, you have never, ever be alone ever been alone. I have walked with you through every situation, through the highs, through the lows, through the mountains and through the valleys. I have walked with you in every moment. And this next season is going to be a season where I am going to be revealed to you, not just in your life moving forward, but in every situation and place in your past that you thought you stood alone. I'm going to show you where I was, that my grace was with you, that my sovereignty was with you, that my protection was with you. You are loved by Jesus. You are loved by Jesus this morning. Come on right now, let's rejoice and give God glory in this house. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. Guys, this week, go and have the most extraordinary week being alone with Jesus. I know what it's gonna look like next Sunday when a house full of believers come in with fresh vision and fresh purpose and fresh calling when they've spent time alone in God's presence. Had the most amazing...